What is in the box, Gebular? It is something called a TiVo. It is very nice. Yes, very nice. It records your TV shows while you are out on errands. How convenient. I have it hooked up now. Turn it on, Gebular. Okay, Bob. Hey, nice looking box. Would you like a drink? No, Gebular. I mean, turn on the power. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Pretty. Nice. How come it all says repeat? It is because of the writer's strike. I heard about it on the radio FM modulator. So there are no new shows? Nothing except reality drivel. Yuck, I hate reality drivel. Yes, I hate reality drivel. Forget the TiVo. Let's listen to more podcasts. Yes, like the Treks and Sci-Fi Forum podcast with Rico for all our favorite geeky goodness and sci-fi information. Yes, let's listen. Now, how do you install iTunes? Beats me. I downloaded directly from treksandsci-fi.com. What is the big apple on the screen? What is a apple? It is a fruit created by Steve Jobs. Oh, what does it mean, register? Take us to your Rico, Steve. Yes, take us to your Rico. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, show 156 for January the 6th, 2008. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to Treks in Sci-Fi, or welcome for the first time. I want to really thank uh, Rick and Nathan Moyer for putting together that very cool intro. That was great, guys. And and yes, it's, uh, you know, listen to more podcasts while this writer's strike in Hollywood is going on. Well, we're going to have a great uh, show for you today. I'm going to do a full audio commentary on the TNG Next Generation episode, Future Imperfect, which is a really cool episode from the fourth season. We'll be getting to that shortly. We've got a collectible later on to talk about, a little bit of news, and a dramatic reading, well, sort of dramatic, by myself uh, of one of the entries from the RPG game going on in the Trex and Sci-Fi forum. So stand by. Here we go. It's been a long road <laughs> getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. <laughs> and I will see my dreams come alive at last. I will touch the sky. <laughs> I don't even remember the best. No, hold me down. No, no. No, they're not going to change. Okay. Oh, man, the best part was coming up. Because I've got faith of the the heart. heart. (laughs) No, (laughs) take me. Okay. I can do anything. I've got strength. strength. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll leave that. Well, how can you top that? That's, uh... Our own Jen and Angela from the forums doing their little rendition of the Enterprise theme. Thanks a lot for that for our intro, uh, musical intro today, Jen and Angela. Really good stuff. Uh, and they're probably really sorry that they emailed that to me right now. Okay, well, uh, this was back to work week, or at least part of it for a lot of people, and uh, for me as well. Kind of a short week, but uh, now we're into the weekend. It's Sunday, sitting back doing some podcasting, having a little fun. Uh, I think this is going to be a good show. Uh, we've got a lot of things to cover and talk about. Uh, we're going to buzz through some news topics uh, pretty briefly here. Let's get on to, of course, the usual Trek and Trek movie talk. Uh, uh, like I think I've said uh, a couple times before, uh, that new movie, Cloverfield, which uh, comes out in about two weeks now, is still supposed to have the teaser trailer for the Star Trek film attached to it. So, of course, uh, let's all get out there on opening night to see Cloverfield on January. Yeah, that'll be January, Friday January 18th, at least in the U.S., uh, and check it out. Another related uh, Trek movie topic is it still seems like uh, some of uh, J.J. Abrams' uh, friends, uh, actors, uh, Jennifer Garner, who used to do Alias with him, really still wants to have a little role, a little cameo in the Star Trek film. Uh, I think the film is still supposed to be filming until like either late March, April, so they still got a few months to go. 
Uh, she'd like to uh, play Klingon, at least the word on the internet is. Uh, and actually, it sounds like she knows Star Trek and is a bit of a fan, so that's kind of cool, I thought. Always enjoyed her on Alias and uh, in the Daredevil movies uh, as Elektra, so uh, maybe Jen Garner will show up in the movie as well. And also uh, another J.J. Abrams pal, Greg Grunberg, of course, who plays Matt Parkman on Heroes. Not doing a lot of Heroes filming right now with the writer's strike. But he's also probably, hopefully, going to get a little cameo in the Trek movie. So this uh, this movie's going to just be filled with uh, people from movies and TV and people that uh, J.J.'s worked with over the years. You know, there's uh, been a lot of chit-chat, too, a lot of rumors floating around the net. You know, the Internet is, is great is a great thing, but there's a lot of stuff floating around about the movie uh, on the on the Internet. Supposedly, Ain't It Cool News, or whatever the name of that website is, .com had sort of a report or review about the script and had gotten a hold of it somehow and that, you know, it's, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's still a year away. And I think it's kind of actually, if I had gotten a hold of that, for example, I, I don't think I would really say anything. I mean, that's, I, I just don't quite understand, you know, I think people just want to be the one to, you know, break something or, you know, get a lot of hits on their website but it just kind of spoils it for people i think Uh, i know a little bit about the movie it's hard to avoid a lot especially with doing the podcast and and everything on the website and the forums but i i don't want to know that much about it i don't want to know every little plot point and detail you know what's the point in seeing the movie at that stage so anyway uh if you want to stay spoiler free of course on the treks and sci-fi forums uh we try very hard there to uh, mark any threads that might contain spoilers as such. So uh, we will continue to do that, and I will not report anything of any major spoilerish news for that movie or even any other on the podcast unless I fully announce it ahead of time. Okay, now I want to slide into, I'm going to do a slight uh, dramatic reading uh, from an RPG post on the Trex and Sci-Fi forums. There's an ongoing story where in the fourth season there, uh, basically on Romulus, a team is trying to rescue someone that's uh, on there that's helping uh, Ambassador Spock with the reunification efforts. So here's a dramatic reading from a post by Wraith1701 from the Trex and Sci-Fi forums. Hours later, Catan gazed out the window of a speeding air car at the cityscape flashing by. He, Kev, and a small group of unification supporters, hand-picked by Ambassador Spock, had piled into the weathered transport after securing sets of hastily fabricated identification papers. In the back of the transport, across from Catan, the unconscious prisoner slumped between two of Spock's assistants. Catan marveled at the graceful yet somehow fiercely harsh beauty of the Romulan architecture. Most of the tall, sandstone-colored towers were adorned with sharp, upward-curving projections which reminded Catan of gigantic claws grasping hungrily at the turquoise sky. Gently tapering spires and towering arches dominated the skyline. There was a symmetry grid of broad marble walkways leading to and from the various public buildings. Small, meticulously maintained park areas dotted the sprawling marble and permacrete metropolis with splashes of vibrant green, offsetting the militaristic grays and earth tones dominating the vista. There were relatively few transports sharing the airways with the borrowed air car. It seemed as though most of the population either couldn't afford them or simply preferred to travel by foot. Catan looked down at the steady stream of pedestrians going to and fro, meters beneath them. All wore similarly nondescript clothing. Like the city itself, the most common colors were muted earth tones. Curiously, the citizens all seemed to be avoid making contact with one another, and went about their business with eyes looked forward. It was almost as though they were socialized to avoid drawing attention to themselves. At the front of the cabin, Kev sat next to the air car's driver, a Romulan woman named Vress. After briefly consulting his pad, he nodded towards a relatively humble-looking dome-shaped structure that was ahead of them. Vedra Deharasa Jetuel Mikra. Kitan can only make out a few words of what Kev was saying. Fortunately, their driver chose to reply in Federation Standard. Yes, that is our target. Kitan looked out the viewport and felt his muscles clench. There were several Romulans wearing the stiff, broad-shouldered uniforms of the military security division guarding the main entrance to the hospital dome. 
The driver turned back regarding Catan with a raised eyebrow. Don't be alarmed by the large number of guards. Ever since the coup attempt by Shinzon of Remus, things have been a little chaotic here. Different factions have been struggling to fill the power vacuum he left with, and we have had to rely heavily on the military to maintain order. Many fear a repeat of the terroristic acts committed by Shinzon, and so all possible targets are in a constant state of alert. She turned back to the transport's main canopy as the ship descended. The majority of the citizens feel afraid and confused, and their feelings are shared by many high-ranking officials. There have been rumors that the Tal Shi'ar itself is being splintered. It is believed that some elements remain loyal to the current government, while others pursue their own agenda. This pervasive paranoia and uncertainty has swelled the ranks of those who support our reunification with our Vulcan cousins. Unfortunately, there are many others who seek to shut out the outside world. As the transport settled down to land at a relatively empty lot adjacent to the hospital, the driver's expression turned bitter. Her next words contain an undeniable trace of sadness. An acquaintance of mine even hinted at the isolationist views held by the Tal Shiar are shared by some of the Vulcans. She turned back once to regard Catan, her eyes shining with anger, ushered tears. Wouldn't it be ironic if Vulcan and Romulus finally came together but with the intention of preventing reunification. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, reading that I did. Sorry I flubbed just over a couple of words, but I think it came out pretty good. Uh, I'm going to try to do that every week or so, as long as I've got the time, uh, and slide that into the podcast. Uh, I will pick different uh, posts. Probably won't be able to pick the real real long ones. Some people post uh, quite lengthy things, and those are great as well, but I, I don't really have time to do uh, you know a page or so or more of uh, reading on here. Or I might, What I might do with one of those is just cut cut it in uh, half or something and do part of it. But So uh, I'm encouraging everyone who's on the RPG game to continue to post. Maybe your post will be picked to uh, be read on the air. And if you haven't joined in, uh, please feel free to join up. Talk to uh, Jen or Star Trek Fanatic 5, which is Kenny, on the forums, and they can hook you up. Okay, a couple other uh, little bits of news, and then we're going to get right into the uh, Star Trek episode for this week. Uh, The first one I wanted to mention is that new Sarah Connor Chronicles show will be coming out in about a week. It has a two-night premiere, I think, next Sunday, the 13th of January and the 14th, uh, again, at least in the United States. It is premiering. It is going to be on the Fox Network, I believe. And also, they do have a preview going for it right now on Yahoo TV. I don't know the exact URL, but I'll try to dig it up and put it in the podcast notes for this week. So you can watch it online in a little box on your uh, computer screen if you uh, are anxious to see that. I'm going to kind of wait until next uh, weekend uh, to watch it in HD on the air. So it looks pretty good. Uh, I think they've got a lot of potential with this uh, series, so we'll see how it turns out. Okay, let's uh, let's cruise right into uh, the fourth season episode, and I'm going to just start playing it as I talk. This is uh, Future Imperfect. Captain's log, stardate 44286.5. The Enterprise is conducting a security survey of the Onias sector near the neutral zone. Despite our proximity to Romulan territory, the mission has been quiet and uneventful. Okay, this is the fourth season episode, Future Imperfect. Starts out in the uh, 10 forward lounge. Uh, Will Riker's playing right, his man, trusty trombone. To to get that right. Trombone? What did I say? Trombone? Trombone. It's candle time, birthday boy. One thing I noticed at the beginning of this episode is they they have a laugh track in the back of it. And I don't notice that a lot on uh, Star Trek, but I think it's just because they're in this 10 forward birthday setting. As to data, we must hurry or we must Commander Riker's party. Sir, I find it interesting how much importance humans place on celebrating the day of their birth, a day they cannot possibly remember. Captain. Yeah, I agree with I'm him I'm detecting some unusual that. fluctuations in subspace frequencies. You better take a look at it, Mr. Data. It appears we are being probed, sir. Source. The third planet of the Alpha Onias system. Our reports listed as presently uninhabited. Perhaps reports were incorrect, sir. 
Or maybe the rumors of a secret. It's a good angle of the bridge the here. I always liked it when they showed you uh, panned kind of upwards Commander, to show the the ceiling, you know, which they never could do in the original right, series. But I'm going to need an away team. Would you report to the bridge, please? That's a big, big cake they've got there to eat too. This episode uh, is written by uh, J. Larry Carroll and oh, David Alpha Bennett. Alpha is a Class M planet. Our survey teams have listed it as barren and inhospitable. Any life signs? No, sir. But we have traced residual energy readings to a cavern two kilometers beneath the surface. Romulans. It is possible. I suppose you'll just have to go down there and find out. Jordy, Worf, you're with me. Number one. Happy birthday. This episode uh, also uh, aired the first time uh, in the week of November 12, 1990, which uh, 17 years has gone by now. Wow. Hard to believe. Detecting high levels of volcanic gases. Sulfur dioxide, methane, hydrogen sulfide. Toxic? Uh, we're okay for now, but I wouldn't want to spend my vacation here. What about energy readings? This episode, they used a lot of these uh, rework some of the best of both world settings and things that they used for the Borg ship for this episode, uh, which, of course, they reworked a lot of that for a lot of episodes for Star Trek. And we're having similar difficulties reading you. I'm advising you and your away team to transport up at once. That's good advice, Commander. We've got a sudden buildup of gases here, especially methane. Transporter room. (coughs) Take us off. I can't get a solid lock on you, sir. Well, There's yeah. too much interference. I'm trying again. <laughs> Transporter room, what's happening? Report. I'm trying again, sir. So uh, they were coughing on the planet. Riker kind of falls over and passes out, and now he's in uh, sick bay. Beverly. Will, you remember me. That's good. What else do you remember, Captain? Captain. So he wakes up. He's got a little gray in his hair. His rank pips are captain. He's got a different communicator badge, and so something isn't quite right. Now, this uh, this episode a little bit uh, is it falls into the realm in the fourth season. They did a lot of episodes kind of to focus on the different characters and sort of their families a little bit. This was the season with Data's Day, with the card episode where he goes back to France. This episode with Riker Space. that sort of shows eventually him in sort of an alternate future about family These and that. Uh, it kind of focused a lot on the characters and their, and their family ideas and, and what they were, their hopes and aspirations were in this season. And I, I think this is a nice episode that, that brings out a lot of Riker's character. It shows you really what makes him tick, which uh, I always enjoy those types of episodes. I don't know if I've uh, said before on the podcast, but my young, uh, or my, well, now he's an older son, but when my uh, oldest, Stephen, was uh, was a little boy and we would watch, you know, he was uh, born in 19, what is it, 1991. And he would sit down and when I would watch Star Trek The Next Generation, and he loved watching the Enterprise fly across the screen during this opening uh theme music here he just got a big kick out of that i think i may have said that on the podcast you know after 155 56 shows it is uh difficult to sometimes remember what i've what little tidbits i brought up before but and the uh, other cool thing always about that last shot of the enterprise in the opening theme is you see somebody sort of walking by uh in the ready room lounge the thing there whatever it's called what was that called ready room they where they always have their little conferences right off the bridge Okay, so we're back in sick bay. Beverly's got her hair up. She looks a little older, and obviously something has changed. Uh, it is. Uh, it seems to be the Enterprise is different. The characters are older, so. Confused. 
That's understandable, considering what's happened. Oh. What, what has happened? What happened to sickbay? To you? To me? Sit down, Captain. Captain, I am Commander William T. Riker. What is going on here? Sit. Quick trivia Please. question. What's the T stand for, everyone? You know, well, you should know from that double Riker that was... Uh, shown in a few episodes what is the last thing that you remember clearly and it's uh thomas if you don't know the enterprise had been probed geordi wharf and i transported down tracked the source but all you found there was toxic gas they barely had time to get the three of you out will that happened 16 years ago oh boy That's not possible. With an Altarian virus, anything is possible. In fact, we've been expecting this. Could you be more specific? That day on Onias III, you were infected with a strain of Altarian encephalitis, a retrovirus that incorporates its DNA directly into the cells of its host. It can lie dormant for many years and then suddenly become active again as it did in your case 10 days ago. You have been in a coma, delirious. Your fever finally broke this morning. But what happened to my memory? Let me show you a scan of your brain tissue. So basically they're saying he uh, he did live those years, things happened, but when he was, uh, had this virus pop up about 10 days ago and it basically wiped out his memory the of the last of 16 pattern. years Doctor. that have gone by. That'd be a freaky thing. Remember, this episode happened before a lot of these movies of memory Will. things uh, came out. Memento this is one. Cool movie too, by the way. causes memory loss back to the moment of the original infection. In your case, all the way back to Alpha Onias III. I don't believe this. Is this a dream? Feel my hand. It is flesh and bone. This is not a dream. This also uh, episode was this uh, first time you saw these little cool little new communicator badges with the three little bars behind the badge instead of the sort of oval shape they normally had. Cool little item, something that you can find online and Star Trek different stores carry those kinds of things. I always thought that was a very cool look for the badges. by association. Smells, sounds, and images from the present could possibly trigger them. Like a song reminds you of an old friend. Exactly. In associational therapy, we expose the patient to familiar surroundings. This could stimulate the brain's neural synapses into regenerating. Of course, this episode is uh, primarily about Riker and Maybe you know what his back. life could have been. Uh, sort of an alternate timeline in a way. Uh, I won't give away the in ending. You'll hear that shortly if you don't remember it. But there, there's a little twist on all that. The uh, the neat thing about this is all the characters you get to see sort of in the future. Now uh, Riker's in the corridor. There's a uh, Klingon officer, a woman Klingon officer. And the Klingons don't seem to be affected by the virus. Speaking of Klingons. There have been quite a few changes on the Enterprise during the last 16 years. Decade. It's a neat way they redo the ship slightly we in this episode, too. Little subtle changes. Personal look. recollections are always the most vivid. My life was on the main bridge. Always has been. If anything's going to jog my memory. Main bridge. Repeat command. I said main bridge. Computer's been slow all morning. A processing attenuator is down. Commander LaForge has been running a level one diagnostic on it to isolate the problem. That uh, delay when he gives orders and things happen Jody. on this uh, is, there's a reason for oh, that. Oh, it's good to see you up and about again, sir. And here we see Jordy with eyes. What happened to your visor? My visor? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Dr. Crusher told us that you might not remember. I haven't needed a visor since I got these cloned implants, Captain. Cool to see LeVar Burton without the visor. You know, he's got a very expressive face and eyes and... It's interesting to see that here. Captain. Worf is at the old data position. Welcome back, Captain. We were not expecting to see you on the bridge so soon. Commander Data. You're my first officer. Do you remember, sir? 
Data's Data in red here now. He's a, you know, supposed years. to be Vriker's first officer. Warbird uncloaking. Pretty uh, interesting screen. to see him in red. Shields up, red alert. Captain, we were expecting the Decius. There is no cause for alarm. Cancel red alert. Clearly, I need to be briefed. Captain, the Decius is hailing us. The Admiral wishes to speak to you. It's a uh, typical uh, Romulan warbird here. We also have a Ferengi at uh, the con as well. Well. Admiral Picard. Deanna? How are you feeling? I've been better. Not surprising. Mutarian viruses can be a nasty business. That's an understatement. I can't even... We'll discuss this after we've transported over. Picard out. So Picard and uh, Troy aboard a Romulan warbird. A little weird there. Transporter room six. I think Jonathan Frakes does a really good job in this up? episode to... You know, here he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's he's trying to still be captain in, in his position, but he's he's really messed up, and it shows well in his face. Especially. I think I should leave all the explanations to the admiral. Whenever you're ready, chief. Captain Riker, it's good to see you've recovered. I'm not exactly sure you'd call it a recovery, sir. Then there has been some memory loss. How much? Everything after Alpha on IS-3. To lose 16 years. It's almost beyond belief. They do a, you know, a good job of everyone's myself. makeup here, too. Picard looks so like, a, I don't know, so much a, of your life almost missing. a pirate or something. He's got longer hair in the back, a few days of little uh, goatee going. It's, uh, it but looks pretty good on him, actually. Sorry. I'll start at the beginning. Which is four years ago. A Romulan battlecruiser straight into Federation space. Its warp coils had collapsed. Life support was failing. You saved them, Will. You and the Enterprise. The Romulans were impressed, to say the least. After years of distrust and conflict, yeah. So they the to the idea them. here is, you know, the Romulans you were saved a few years ago. That that brought about a uh, supposed peace treaty between the Federation and the Romulan the Empire. Are over. All we need and to it's, is the Romulan it's the start of that uh, you will peace accord going on here. Sign the treaty. Captain. Admiral, I am in no condition to negotiate with the Romulans or with anyone else. Will, your sound of mind. Well, and by the body, way, the drink of the day is uh, Gatorade uh, fruit punch. Uh, with a 16-year gap in my uh, head. Really good to have during the winter time. You know, you keep hydrated with uh, all the dry weather we have in Michigan. Sorry about the interruption there. Sir, <laughs> I'm not fit to resume command. I appreciate your candor. Despite your condition, there is no one better equipped to deal with the Romulans than you. When do we leave? As soon as the ambassador transports over from the Decius. We will get through this, as we have many times before. Again, a really, really good, uh, you know... Riker is pretty messed up, but his duty really supersedes so. everything. Let me take you to your quarters. <sighs> Good idea. I've had enough surprises for one day. Uh, he's about to get another one, though. It's uh, it's a really uh, interesting episode. I love the way they do some of the, you know, ideas Anything of familiar? what happens in 15, 16 years with the characters. <laughs> Now there's a little boy playing uh, Riker's trombone. Hi, Dad. Oh, boy. You'd think they would have warned him about that, you know. But, of course, that, that, that wouldn't be as dramatic for television. And then Mr. Greenberg asked about the Fornex disaster. And I knew the Enterprise saved all the colonists. But I didn't know. Huh, here it is. 
But I didn't know the exact start date of when their son went Nova. So if you tell it to me, yeah, I'll write it down and that way I won't forget. You don't remember me, do you? I'm sorry. I need to talk to your father, Jean-Luc. Would you mind leaving us alone just for a moment? This uh, young boy is uh, Chris Dimitrell is the actor's name. I think I've seen him older now in a few things. His face looks familiar to me. I'll have to look that up on IMDb later. And, of course, that he named him after uh, Picard. Why didn't you warn me? Beverly hoped that meeting him like this might make an impact. Help you remember. Ah, so they do have a reason for it besides dramatic television. Give it time. Jean-Luc. Yes. The Admiral was very pleased when you chose that name. He's a wonderful boy. Deanna. Who's his mother? She died two years ago. Shuttle accident. I'm sorry, Will. I have no recollection of her at all. What was she like? Min was beautiful, of course. Strong, intelligent, patient. Well, she was married to me. She had to be patient. She was an excellent captain's wife. And a very good ship's counselor. She took over after I left. I can't imagine you leaving the Enterprise. Admiral Picard offered me a position at Starfleet Command. It was a tremendous opportunity. I couldn't refuse. But what's important right now, today, yeah, there's, is uh, that really you a lot have of a son kind of subtle you. emotion here, and Marina Surti's performance, you know, in her eyes, especially, really good, uh, good job. You you know, by the fourth season, these actors on TNG had really, really worked at their characters and and their. All the little nuances really show in this episode, and of course, future ones throughout the season and the later ones. They really had a, a great handle on their characters by this point. Pretty bad, huh? I've heard better. I've been practicing, but I, I still can't get a good tone. You're putting too much pressure on the mouthpiece. Relax the embouchure. Don't use any muscles you don't need. Show me again. Left hand, right hand. I'm trying to recall right now if, if Jonathan Frakes can really uh, play that or not. I think so. 16 years. At least limitedly. I'm not sure how well, but uh, if anyone out there listening to the podcast knows for sure, shoot me an email at treksf at gmail.com. I, it's something Computer. I'd uh, always Summarized meant to figure out if, if you can really play very well or not. Begin with a Fornax disaster. Please restate question. Service record Riker William T. Damn it. Death? Computer lag. I can't believe Geordi's still running his diagnostic. Again, the computer is slow to respond, um, and there's there's reasons for Guard that that will become a, a clearer later in the episode. You know, each time a, a on my more way. complicated command is given, it takes sure. a while for something to happen, and there's, Dad. like I said, a big reason Everything's for that. Everything's going to be fine. Thanks. Bye. Troy tells me you met Jean-Luc. How's my namesake holding up to all this? Better than I am. We did our best to prepare him. I'm trying to catch up with all this. I've still got a long way to go. A long way. Just follow my lead with the ambassador. 
You'll be fine. Odysseus reports the ambassador is waiting to transport. Beam him aboard. Admiral Picard, Captain Riker. It's good to see you again. Ambassador Tomalok. Welcome aboard the Enterprise. Thank you, Admiral. It is an honor to be the first Romulan to freely walk about a Federation starship. It seems to me that, that if it's your ship, all the Rikers fairly messed up here, that Riker Tomalok. really should have been the one to kind of Alvana formally three him, to take the hull although the Admiral ranks him, but trophy. I think that's due to their relationship, that plus his, time ago. his disease, changed. or his memory loss. Now, of course, this is Tomalok that they've seen before, this Romulan, as as played by Andreas Katsoulis. I can't never say his quickly. name properly, sorry. Sorry, Andreas. Uh, I think he passed away a few years ago. Great, great Your actor. Uh, played Jakar on Babylon 5 for many boys. years. Uh, really very impressive uh, actor on screen and stage. And we are grateful, Captain. The new alliance will greatly benefit my people. As I hope it will benefit mine. Oh, it will, Captain, it will. It's got a really good look, too, to play a Romulan, I think. Very much like uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy's look. Kind of tall, regal, same kind of bone structure in the face. Good good person to pick to play sort of a Romulan uh, character, or even possibly a Vulcan if you ever had a chance to do that. Excellent. The signing of this treaty is an historic occasion. You, of all people, deserve to be there. Thank you. Of course, Riker's very distrustful here. He had, His instincts in his time are still that the Romulans are enemies so this is the and bridge not of the enterprise. Uh, at all allies. So he's having a real hard time with and this, this and it shows. He's giving him a lot position. of kind of dirty looks, and, Impressive. and it uh, works pretty well. Admiral, Deanna, I need a moment with you. Commander Data, if you would accompany the ambassador on his tour. Certainly, sir. Excuse us, ambassador. Ambassador, you may find this of interest. These newly refined sensors are capable of pinpointing power emissions of a cloaked warbird even at warp. Are you saying you trust Tomalak? I trust the process we have built with the Romulans over the past four years. They have nothing to gain by betrayal. Are you sure? You've always said it's a chess game with the Romulans. Move, counter-move, guile and deceit. I sense no such dishonesty in Tomalak. His desire for peace is sincere. He wants this alliance. Again, There's good, no cause good for idea for this scene. You know, Riker is very, no cause very for concern. We're talking about revealing the location of Outpost 23. The key to all of our defenses in the neutral zone. You'll I'm notice sorry, in this episode they mention a lot more Romulan outposts than were known in the uh, original Star Trek series. There's more than like a couple of dozen now in Dr. the Crusher original series. I think it was just there, nine or seven. What is it, Doc? Nine, I think. Your son has been injured. He's been taken to sickbay. You'd better come down here right away. Dad. Are you all right? Oh, I'm fine. What happened? It's broken, but it's going to be all right in just a minute. Now, let's go easy on this arm for a little while. Oh, we also get to see uh, Nurse Ogawa, played by Patty Yutasuke. I'm sorry with these names today. Couldn't they just be named Jones or At your age, you could break your neck. But anyway, Nurse Ogawa, you get to see a little bit more in this episode. Continue the compression attenuator for another two minutes. Yes, Doctor. And in future episodes as well, you actually get to see her. She becomes sort of a regular nurse for Dr. Crusher. Will, how old were you when you first started playing Parisi's squares? All right, I was probably a little younger than he is. It's just that, for all practical purposes, this is my first day as a father, and he almost kills himself. He didn't almost kill himself. He just broke his wrist, just like a lot of other boys his age when they fall. You're right. It's difficult. Difficult for you. What about for Jean-Luc? Can you imagine how he feels? In this, I can uh, identify with uh, with You've the two two boys years. of my own. You know, it's you're always really going to be protective of them, and especially if he's just now learning he has a son. That's got to be even doubly worse, or or even more, because uh, as time goes on, you start to become a little less protective and Good let them new sort of get out Need on their own. This is his first day with him, and 
probably wants to put him in a little box to keep him safe. Dad, I'm really sorry. I mean, I know you have more important things to do. There is nothing more important than this, son. You know, Riker was always somebody who looked like he'd be a good family man. Uh, Very uh, loyal to the rest of the crew, friendly, had the right personality. I know how hard this is for you. It's okay, Dad. No, okay is not good enough. When I was your age, my own father wasn't there for me, and I really needed him. I've often wondered what kind of father I'd be. Never felt quite ready. The idea even scared me a little. Scared? Hugh? Yeah. But I guess I got over it. You're here. (laughs) Resume. It's important to me that I don't let you down, Sean. You never have, Dad. You've always been there for me. I'll have to take your word for that. Because I don't remember any of it. Your first step, your first tooth, nothing. And I want to remember. Really, uh good good scene there probably one of the best of this episode you know Riker I guess showing that he, he do. doesn't want to be like We've his father was he wants to be there for his son good stuff I'm not sure it's still in the memory banks but I used to have a great fishing program on the holodeck the Curtis Creek program you know it sure we've gone to Curtis Creek lots of times would you like to go again you bet well as soon as these negotiations are out of the way you and I are going fishing great Another Nick nice little touch to there, the showing Riker's uh, fondness for fishing. And then you try to pull his boat Remember, out, he's from Alaska, grew up uh, loving I'm the outdoors, sure wilderness, that. camping, fishing, well, that really kind like of thing. I really like Curtis Creek. We went there for picnics and stuff lots of times. What was she like? She was great. I think of her a lot. I better go change. Computer. Display family record. Riker, William T. Limit to visual. Now he's he's got like a uh, home movie kind of thing going, showing his son like kind of in a Halloween mask and playing with them. Display family record. Riker misses William T. Please restate request. Damn. What's wrong, Dad? The computer still isn't working properly can't bring up a visual of your mother. But I know Mom's pictures are in there. Did you give a start date? Computer. Display. Family record. Riker. Mrs. William T. Home file. Start date. 
Where did you get that scar? In combat. What battle? When? Which sector? Which unit? Again, he Mr. knows Dana? they're not answering their if questions If we left immediately, when would we arrive at Outpost 23? At warp one, three days, four hours. What about at warp seven? At warp eight? He knows at that Data nine? can do all this really fast. What's the matter, Data? What happened to those millions of calculations per second? Pardon me, sir. I'm experiencing subspace interference, which limits my abilities. I can't operate as quickly as... What did you say? I said I cannot operate... No! That's not what you said. You said I can't. You used a contraction, didn't you? Sir, I can explain if you would just give me a moment... No, you can't! Don't even try! Captain... This is good stuff. Perhaps it will be better. You really understand this. Shut this up. is not right. Yeah. Beg your pardon. Good I stuff. said shut up. As in close your mouth and stop talking. Will, I sense how upset you are. I bet you angry does. and impatient. <laughs> Deanna, back off. Well. Would anyone else like to speak up? Or shall we end this charade? As you wish, Commander Riker. The charade is over. Now everything fades away except Tomalak, and he's in some kind of what appears to be like a holiday kind of place. The Enterprise? My son? You created it all. With the help of our neural scanners and what you would call a holodeck. Now he's in a room with uh, a bunch of other Romulans. They've got him in a chair, kind of scanning him. The future we created for you should have been convincing. It wasn't. There was a computer time lag, for one thing. Unavoidable. Our scanners have a limited response time, so whenever you strayed from our expectations... But surely that was not enough to... To smash your house of cards? No. It was the visual record of my wife. Minuet. Bad move. But we chose someone from your past who is still alive. A woman you were extremely attracted to. Your mistake, Tomalak. Minuet was nothing more than a computer-generated fantasy I once experienced on another holodeck. Impossible. In your mind, that woman exists. Physically. Your feelings toward her remain quite passionate. She was part of a very special program. Well, you know, it gets a little boring out so in space, you know, Tom Locke so sometimes. So you gotta have a diversion. If it was Outpost 23 you were after, why didn't you use your neural scanners to probe my mind? Our scanners are calibrated for Romulan brain patterns. When it comes to human brains, they are less efficient. There were gaps in the information we gathered from your memory. Gaps? From what I saw, I find that hard to believe. You recreated the Enterprise, the crew. Every nuance, smell, sound, with perfect accuracy. I didn't see any gaps. I don't buy it, Tomalak. And he's again right there. Just, it's like, if they could do all that they could do, it doesn't make sense that they would slip up like they did. It's just not adding up. When you and your colleagues transported to this planet, you were less than a kilometer from this base. Your capture was a simple matter. My colleagues, where are they? We allowed them to transport safely back to the Enterprise, but your signal was diverted. They won't stop looking for me, Tomalak. They already have. Please, say hello to your son. Now they've taken uh, Riker to a cell here, and there's a boy inside the cell. Don't look. That is not his name, of course, nor have you ever really met him. We merely used his image to augment your program. What have Ran you done away. To him? He's not, While uh, I am gone, please give careful thought to your situation. He's not very excited to see Riker here. What's your name? Whoa. If we're going to get out of here, you're going to have to trust me. Easy. I'm not going to hurt you. 
Who are you? How did you get here? My name is Will. Ethan. They brought me here with my parents. We were at a research station at Meridian 6. Meridian 6? On the edge of the neutral zone. I thought that was uninhabited. The station was set up last year. Then the Rhymelons came. It's odd that the Enterprise wasn't advised. Yeah, again, Riker's uh, obviously going to be really suspicious of everything at this point, and this is no exception. You know why the Romulans are keeping you here? No. I just want to get away. I'll get us out of here, Ethan. How? Even if we do get away, they'll find us. Found me when I escaped before. You escaped? Yes. I hid in a secret place. For weeks. They caught me when I came out to find food. I want that information, Commander. I want the location of Outpost 23. Very well. I have been given permission to use whatever means are necessary. Ethan, no! Stop it! That secret hiding plan of yours. So they took out the this couple way. of Romulans in the cell, and now they're on their own, running down the corridors. In here! Ah, it's up to the usual uh, ventilation shaft, or not really that, it's more like a little, uh, I don't know, access cubby or something like that. They, uh, both uh, Riker and Ethan are inside there. Looks like they've managed to evade the Romulans temporarily. A little too easy of an escape, really, when you think about it. Their sensors should have picked us up. No, they can't. I heard them. There's something in these rocks. Heavy metals? Right. Romulans forgot all about the storeroom. They rebuilt their tunnels. Ah, so it's like it leads to a storeroom of junk and things. And he's got a good explanation, you know. There's Here. some heavy metals in the in the walls okay. that are interfering with their scanners. After I escaped last time, I mapped out all their tunnels. Supply depot, mm-hmm. communications, living quarters, and shuttle bay. How many guards in the shuttle bay? Only two or three. If we stole a shuttlecraft, that would get us nowhere because the Romulans could follow their own ship too easily. Yeah, that's true. But if we broke into their communication system, we could send a message to the Enterprise. Can't do that. The transmitter is on a voice-activated security system only. Do you know whose voice activates it? Only Ambassador Tomalak. Ah. Who? Tomalak. Ambassador Tomalak? Tomalak is a Romulan captain. The only time he was ever called Ambassador was in a holodeck fantasy. How do you know about that? You, uh, you told me about him. Who are you? What is your part in all this? A big, again, slip up there. They found us! But you said the sensors didn't work in these tunnels. Uh, they must have fixed them. We gotta go. Where are we going to go, Ethan? The shuttle bay. There's still time. I've had enough. Commander, surrender your weapon. No more games. No more fantasies. I'm not gonna play anymore. Faded out. So did the cargo hold there they were in. Faded out. Now they're back in the, the cavern Romans, area. It was you all along, wasn't it? It's Ethan that's the only one that's still really real and alive. 
There is no question about it, sir. It is his signal. Picard, Commander Riker, do you read me? Riker to Picard. I'm here. Are you all right? Yes, sir, I'm all right. What about Geordi and Worf? We beamed them up an hour ago. They're fine. But we lost you in mid-transport. Where have you been? What is going on down there? I'm not sure yet, sir. But I think I'm about to find out. Stand by. What shall I call you? Ethan? Jean-Luc? Doesn't matter. This room, it's more than a holodeck, isn't it? Much more. The neural scanners read my mind. Give me anything I want. Just like they tried to give you everything you wanted. Everything I wanted? You probed the Enterprise. You lured us here so you could play games with me. I didn't want that. You did. Why? My world was invaded. My people? Killed. My mother brought me here so our enemies would never find me. They found her, didn't they? She knew that they would never stop looking for her. So she made sure I would be safe. She left the scanners to protect me, to give me anything I wanted. Anything? Then why did you kidnap me? I wanted you to stay. It's been so long. I just wanted somebody real. I thought that you'd be happy. I'm sorry. You know, they've, uh, this uh, kind of ship. lonely alien thing they've done before, but this is a, a good take on it. I, I think they did a great job with this episode. And again, uh, Come with me. Riker got a lot to do. You don't have to stay here anymore. You don't have to be alone anymore. And now Ethan changed his appearance. He's My name is Barash. An alien uh, looking creature big eyes strange head uh, very cool little outfit uh, that they to did me, here always be Jean-Luc. kind of insect like looking and even after what you know he did uh, it was kind of nice you know Riker says hey come with us we'll let you come with us and you know you can explore the galaxy we'll take you somewhere else Good, uh, good way to end the show. So there you have uh, Future Imperfect. Hadn't done a full-length commentary in a while, so it was kind of fun to do that. To, you know, every week it's hard to pick out just the individual audio and bits that I want to use on the podcast. And once in a while it's good to just sit back, watch the whole thing through and how it flows. And it just goes, again, to show me how much... Uh, the next gen by this point in its run had, had really pulled everything together and great uh, acting story uh, just good direction this episode was directed by les landau who did uh, quite a few tng episodes uh, so very experienced director uh, and it all shows and all came together very well hope you enjoyed that uh, and now as uh, is sort of customary we will hear from the moyers and their take on future imperfect Hi, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is the, the Father, Father and Son, Son Review. Review. And today, we're excited about the episode Future Imperfect. Why are you laughing? I'm happy too. That's, you're happy? Excited. Well, that's good. Well, anyway, this is one of my all-time favorite uh, Next Generation episodes. This is the one, of course, you've already heard about this because Rico's been talking about it. It's the one where Riker wakes up 16 years in the future, but he really isn't 
waking up. But everybody years. has little gray strands in their hair, so that's pretty cool. They do, and they added like fat around some people's faces and on some. Wasn't crow's hard feet. for Riker though, because he was sort of growing that anyway. But ooh, that's kind of a sting. Well, it's true. Well, anyway, what's some of your favorite parts of that episode? I liked Riker's son, even though he was a freaky alien who kept people to play. But yeah, that was kind of cool. His trombone playing was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome too. And he was married to Min. Well, minuet. Minuet. From that one really cool binary show. What's a holographic girl like you doing in a tin holographic joint, like, ginjot? Tin joint like this. It was it ginjot? It? I, no. It was ginjoint. Ginjoint. No. It was ginjoint. Holographic sure? ginjoint like this. Are you sure? Beer. Yes. It's okay, a place well, where they serve well, alcohol. Yeah, we'll have to see. Anyway, yes. it was kind of cool to see that. And, and uh, what, what, what else did you like about the episode? The computer lag. Yeah, that was cool. Jordy doing the diagnostic for three hours. BS. Oh. Oh, jeez. You're vocal today. Whatever. Okay, well, anyway. Um, oh, celebrity sightings. Who was Commander Tomalak? What was his name? I know it's on there. What, no, what was but his... He, he was... He was actually in another science fiction show Babylon we really liked. Five. Yes, he was... Shikar? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Which was kind of cool to see him as Commander Tomalak. We liked... Uh, or what they call him um, Admiral Tomalak or something? I can't, I can't remember. remember. Anyway, we really liked the show. I just thought it was kind of cool looking at everybody in the future. Admiral Picard. Yeah, that was cool. And seeing Deanna older looking. and It was just kind of cool to see them dream like that. And it was kind of fun to think about Riker being the captain. And it was just really cool. And then the ending, of course, was kind of fun when we got to see the little alien guy go, you know, <laughs> well, come live with me in the cave forever and we will forever play house or something like that. But finally they beam him up. Oh, and we, no. Yeah, well, finally we, we actually never get to see this alien Ouch. again. Ouch. But yeah, they beamed again. him up to the Enterprise anyway. They did? Yeah. They beamed him up? At the very end. I don't remember that part. Yeah, yet. that was really cool. He didn't have to stay there alone forever. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah. All right, so how many stars would you give Future Imperfect? 4.7. Ooh, that's really good. And I would also give it a 4.5 around there. Almost, It was one of my favorites. So there you go, Rico. We really enjoyed uh, Future Imperfect. And Me too. It was really fun. This is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this has been... The Father and Son Review! <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. Yeah! Well, thanks, guys. Always great to hear from you and your take on Future Imperfect. Sounds like you really liked this episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, good episode, and it's always cool to see uh, the characters in sort of a different situation, like when they go to the Mirror Universe or in an alternate universe, or in this case, in the future 16 years. Always neat to see that situation, and the actors get to have a little fun with it. It's not just playing the same role again. They get to play it sort of from a different point of view. So that uh, good stuff. Okay, let's uh, let's travel on, travel on. Let's move on and and get uh, a quick little prop review out of the way. Now this week I I look back and I haven't talked about this one before. It would have been a really good one to talk about on last week's podcast about Revenge of the Sith, but it, we're pretty close to that still. And I did Stormtrooper helmet last week. This week I'm going to talk about a uh, Master Replicas lightsaber, and appropriately, it is from uh, Revenge of the Sith. This is the Darth Sidious lightsaber that. Good old Palpatine pulls out in his office there out of his sleeve on his little quick lightsaber release. Oh, I got, sorry, got interrupted there for a second. My son uh, is off to Michigan State for the second semester, so I had to run up and say goodbye. So, bye, Steve. All right, back to the Revenge of the Sith Darth Sidious Master Replica's lightsaber. Oh, it's a mouthful. This uh, this lightsaber is a lot different than the typical lightsabers in, in Star Wars, the ones by Obi-Wan, Anakin, Luke, all those were uh, roughly, I don't know, 12 inches long, approximately, give or take, 12, 14 inches, fairly long. Uh, you know, they are all originally, or not all of them, but uh, the original uh, Luke saber, for example, was from an old flash handle from an old-style camera flash uh, back in the early days of camera photography and that, so... You know, that came from uh, a, a real-world item. Now, the Darth Sidious saber is, is a lot different. It's small, it's shiny, it's gold, it's got some jewels on it, and uh, it's it's quite a bit different. And I think that's primarily to show, of course, that this is a, a Sith's lightsaber, not a uh, Jedi's lightsaber. Uh, so it's quite a bit different. It has a very different kind of... Uh, look really tiny it's amazing how small this thing is compared to the others when you see it and the master replicas item you know just like the other lightsabers they put out 
is a in a one-to-one scale, although they do do a mini Sabre line. You can get this in a mini version as well. I do have one of those, and that's a really small little item. I think that's .45 scale they do those minis in. But but anyway, uh, this uh, Sabre from Revenge of the Sith, really cool to, to have and in, in, in a collection because it, again, is so different from the others. A Master Replica does their usual bang-up job, uh, on this item you know they they did a great job with all the lightsabers they produced over the years it's kind of a shame again that they lost the license and now they can no longer make any more star wars items they've got a few still that are coming out that took orders from the second version of the luke saber from return of the jedi amara jade saber still expecting those but anyway this city of saber great job uh, really nice finish on it uh, really cool looking item uh, this was uh, a, an edition size of 4,000, came out around the time in 2005 of Revenge of the Sith. Actually, I got it probably maybe a year or so after the movie came out. Got a really good deal on it because they had produced quite a few and hadn't maybe sold quite as well as they thought. And when that happens for the Master Replicas pieces, you get some pretty good discounts on them. So cool item. And there will be some pictures, of course, in the collection gallery on the website at treksinsci-fi.com. Okay, everyone, that is going to wrap up this week's edition of the podcast. I tried to keep it pretty moving along and tight this week, back to about an hour length uh, for everyone. This uh, next week's show, I got a few ideas, and I haven't really, as as normal when I get to this point in the podcast, haven't quite decided. Uh, might be another Trek episode from one of the other series. It might be something a little different. So I always try to post up on treksinsci-fi.com on the main site on the upper right Within uh, By the end of today, there will be uh, information up there about next week's podcast. So check that. And always email me. If you've got any comments, you can email treksf at gmail.com or call the voicemail line 206-6666-127 and leave some comments about anything I've talked about on the show, maybe a recent movie or TV show that you've seen. Not a lot of TV to see, although Stargate Atlantis started back up uh, last Friday. Saw the first episode of that. Very good stuff, uh, continuing the whole Wraith Replicator uh, storylines going on in that show. So check out Stargate Atlantis back on the air so you do have some sci-fi to watch. And uh, I think that's it. Everyone have a great week. I will talk to you again very soon. Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention. We are starting a new book club entry on the forums at treksinsci-fi.com slash forums. Uh, the new book is going to be called, or is called, Taking Wing. This is a Star Trek novel. It is the first book in the uh, Titan series with Riker in uh, command of the Titan with Deanna Troy at his side. You know, they're married now. And this is a good book, and it started a series. I think there's four of them out now in the Titan series, and this is the book we're starting to read, actually just starting tomorrow. So if you're interested in reading along with us, go to the forums and check it out. I will talk to uh, everyone then next week. Bye-bye, folks. This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production. 